Hello, all you spry viewers out there. Welcome to the Dames of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1 Recap, where filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria talk shop on Game of Thrones. As for me, I'm Jonathan, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I like to think of myself as our own version of Ned Umber turned white. I'm extremely pale, have soul-piercing blue eyes, and my voice will forever fuel your nightmares. And now, to your Dames of Thrones, Sesh and Maria! Alright, so like the general idea is that we're going to have a much shorter show. We're talking about one episode at a time. We don't need the whole, whole shebang that we were doing before for the season stuff. And everything we talk about, we're answering questions we have timers for. Yeah, rapid fire. And uh, these questions, please play along with uh, in the comments. Feel free. Give your answers. These are short answers for the most part. So we're just going to step right into this episode one recap and uh, and hit it hard. All right. I'm starting the timer in a minute. The first question is, what one aspect of the show stood out to you the most? And we start. Uh, all right. For me, I'll say all the cinematic callbacks to season one. Uh, it was uh, really amazing uh, to see how Daenerys's royal procession uh, mirrored Robert Baratheon's in the very first episode, uh, showing how each of the characters progressed. Um, there were little Easter eggs and callouts all to what happened in season one that started this series off and to show how time has moved to where we are now. Uh, I love the thought process uh, from the writers, and I do really think that it added to the uh, to the episode. I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, cool call out there. Very nice. For me, um, uh, this is more of just a visual problem for me. Uh, the dark coloring of the scenes actually distracted me and made it hard for me to see many parts of the show. Uh, not sure if that was just a computer issue or what, but it pulled me out of the show, which was a little disappointing. Yeah, it was a really dark episode. Really yeah. dark. It, it was. I, I didn't notice it on the TV I watched it on, but then when I watched it on my computer to rewatch, I definitely had problems seeing some of the scenes, which was unfortunate. Uh, for me, I, I agree with you about all the callbacks to the first season. It was really great, but the opening really stood out because it was so dramatically different than we've seen any of the other changing openings before. And I think there was a real emphasis on the family aspect and then like the past and so much truth coming to uh, be common knowledge now at this point in the series I feel like those are going to be the themes going forward and I felt like that opening uh push for that yeah really cool to see no more Essos on the big board they really they really changed everything there only King's Landing and Winterfell being important yeah and the crypt I found that fascinating yeah crypt too yeah, the crypts were amazing. The underground for Queen, uh, King's Landing. I should call it Queen's Landing, though, now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I, I just slipped that, but now now it's canon. Um, I, I, I felt very happy about that. Like, it, it was... <laughs> uh, it, w it was really interesting because it's really, like, all the sides have kind of just come to these two points, and now they're they're clashing and they're coming together or there's just all that conflict and it's just it's deeper there's we're going deeper now you know like the big boards out there but we're going deeper definitely okay so our next question is what got you furious about this episode 
Uh, I can start it off. Uh, you guys know me from especially uh, uh, season six, getting a little bit on Game of Thrones case. Um, this episode, to me, it really seemed not to accomplish much in general. I know that's a little bit harsh sounding, but granted, uh, um, the first episodes of each season we've seen tended to start fairly slowly. The only reason I'm concerned is that there are only five episodes left after this one. So I'm not really sure they had the time to spend on this. And I'm not sure whether we'll be able to tie up all those loose ends by season's end. Um, I, I know this might be too soon to say, but it already makes me feel like if they wanted to have this episode, they probably should have added a few more episodes or an extra season. Um, and then secondly, uh, Theon getting back Yara, it just seemed way, 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 way too easy. Uh, should have had some difficult trial, you know, facing his fears to get her back. How could his one ship possibly sneak up on Euron's flagship, which uh, was like around by his whole fleet? That made no sense to me whatsoever. I yeah, that, set, I set that timer again, because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of you saying that about them. Like, I, I definitely felt like that rescue was something that I was hoping wasn't just something that, like, needed to happen and happened as quick as it did. Like, I was hoping that was going to be a big, dramatic, we know this is coming kind of moment. And, or see or like at least like a full blown out scene or like some kind of little arc to it and instead it was like the quickest little scene like it was short and sweet but it needed to have higher stakes like there was there was no issue it wasn't difficult at all there was there was like it, there wasn't a struggle there wasn't drama to it like it was just super quick super easy and it should have been difficult it should have been a challenge we were waiting for this to be a challenge for him to like go and get her back and save her this was a piece of cake like i, I was i was upset about that and I, I was upset that some of the other reunions that were happening were a little bit too quick so my biggest um, thing that I'm furious about in this episode is why not just make it like a few minutes longer and like really flush out those reunions like they should like Arya's and John's I thought was wonderful yeah no great and, uh, Maria <laughs> okay yeah so for me um, I was frustrated by Sansa and others obsessions with who's king of what and um, worrying about the queen and all this stuff and all this power play when the dead are actually coming for them. Uh -huh. They've actually breached the wall and they're still obsessed with who's the prettiest princess in the castle. I mean, really? <laughs> to me, that wasn't realistic. I was just too nervous about the dead coming for them to even focus on a lot of the story. It was just, it was just irritating for me. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll uh, go straight into my my next point for this next question that we yeah. have. So our next question: If you were this character, you would have done this differently. So uh, I can start again. Uh, if I were anyone in power, so Sansa, John, Daenerys, um, I would have been spending this whole episode for the most part working on fortification of Winterfell and the battlements. I mean, start digging some trenches, make a choke point, etc. you know, create like cauldrons of fire and, and oil, just getting ready to prepare for this oncoming threat. Uh, I mean, Sansa, she threw shade on, uh, on not having enough to feed everybody. But really, that's completely inconsequential if they get run over by the army of the dead because they're not prepared and they seem to lack the leadership that they need at least from a military standpoint so i will blame john a bit for that because he seems to be the person who tends to get things done from a military perspective yeah 
Um, for me, uh, if I were John, I wouldn't have gotten on the dragon. <laughs> I mean, really? you don't know if you can ride it. And I find it weird that Danny coaxed him onto it. Like she's so confident he can ride it when she wasn't even sure if she could. And then there's the whole lore about not even all Targaryens can ride the dragon. Yeah, yeah. So what is she thinking? Is she really trying to show off that hard? Like, I I, I think she's just nervous she's going to lose Jon, you know, because the relatives don't like her. So she's just like, well, I have this cool dragon, so you can ride it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think she definitely wanted to impress him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, still, still, you make a great point. Only, I think it was one in three Targaryens could actually become dragon riders, and supposedly no person who ever was not a Targaryen could ever ride a dragon. So, yeah. you know, good job killing your boyfriend, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was That was desperate. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah I think uh, my thing is, a, a lot of Sansa, like, I I see that they've, you know, she's grown up a lot since she's left these other places, these other terrible places, and she's become stronger and smarter and more clever. And none of that was really showing here. Like, she brought up good points, but she needs to learn to play the game and be a little bit more polite. Like, the game that we've been shown that she knows how to play, she hasn't been playing with these people. And that even happens with, like, Tyrion, like, I, I felt like she was nothing, like, I understand her being, like, frustrated with him, him trusting Cersei, then bringing the Lannisters, then bringing, the, you know, him the new hand of the queen, and, like, just all of it, but at the same time, he was always so good to her, and she just didn't have, like, really any, any warmth to her towards him, and uh, that was kind of towards everyone, too, like, she was extremely cold this episode, and not really in a way that was just playing the game, so I, I was a little frustrated with, with her, and I, I I think if I were in her shoes, I would have been a little bit more grateful or friendly towards even Tyrion, especially after like a real monster like Ramsay, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I mean that 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 did seem like it didn't make much sense because he was always good to her and he never took advantage of her, and he was probably one of the only people in uh, in King's Landing uh, to to actually support her and talk to her and treat her as a person. Exactly. And I was really frustrated, too, because there's no, like, is she really arguing that, like, John should be king, king of the seven realms? No, like, it's on a, like, it's gonna be something very similar to what, you know, either if, if, uh, if Danny wins the war and everything, then it'll be very similar to what it was like before the Lannisters came into their life. Like, it was gonna be her there in Queen's Landing and them being lords and happy in the north, you know, minus the zombie stuff that's going to be happening. But in her head, what is she arguing for by by treating these allies so poorly? I, I don't I'm frustrated with her with that. Like she should know better by now. Yeah, but... for sure. All right. So now we're going to move on to one of our, our new game shows here. Uh, this is going to be our love or hate game show, uh, in which case we're going to do a lightning round across the board where we're going to say whether we love or hate one of the key aspects of this episode. Play along at home. All right. First one, love or hate the pacing of the episode. Uh, I'm going to go with hate. I uh, felt like it was a soap opera. Slow reveals that didn't pack much of a punch. Ooh. I'm actually going to go with mostly love, except for a little few things that were too quick. Um, most of the reunions were a little too quick, and the Greyjoy rescue definitely had zero drama because it was really rushed. 
but the rest uh, I kind of felt all right with. Uh, I I will just go out and say it then. Uh, I I hated it. I I thought it was just way too slow and felt like so much more needed to be accomplished before the next episode. Um, I will add to that though. If this was any other season, I would have said that it was more than fine. Um, in mm. terms of a recap, it just didn't seem right for right for now. this season. There's only five episodes left. All right. Second, Danny and John's Dragon Venture. I'm going to say, hey, it felt awkward and ill-timed as the pressure builds for the fight. Mm. I'm actually going to say loved because I felt like it was a very good moment for them to sneak off. She was already with her dragons and her dragons needed a pick-me-up. She said they're cold. I think they're depressed because they just lost their brother. Aww. Right? Plus it was romantic with, you know, them too, even though I don't really root for that because it's incestuous and stuff. But still, you know, all the other stuff. <laughs> Um, all right, for me, I'm going to cheat a little here. Uh, I'm going to say apathetic. Uh, it was <laughs> it was nice to see the visuals. Uh, I absolutely loved the high comedy of uh, Danny's overprotective dragons meeting the new boyfriend. <laughs> um, but it just seemed like yes. a waste of time. And it's sort of odd how this parallel John and Egret's uh, Cave of Wonder scene, that just felt a little bit icky to me. It's like, leave that alone, you know, right. do something else. I think it was a little sweet because it was his cave. Like, it was his little special spot that he was willing to share and open up with somebody else now. And I also, uh, uh, I do like that they got this whole dragon writer thing out of the way because everyone's like, he's going to write a dragon. And they just they just got it out of the way because everyone, like, just get it out of the way. People are waiting for it. They're going to talk about it constantly. And then, like, okay, good. Thank you. It finally happened. Now move on, people. It is. It's like the shouting of Freebird at the end of every concert, no matter who's performing. <laughs> All right. Third one. Uh, the Young Umber White Jump Scare at the Last Park. Um, I'm going to say Love. That was pretty freaky, and it harkened back to the first episode and has me asking questions about the symbol and its meaning. Uh, I'm going to say the same. I think that was like one of the scariest scenes in all of Game of Thrones. Like it's just extremely eerie, um, I, even though the jump didn't make me jump because it was just scary overall. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. And I like that it's finally starting to put the players on the map where they physically are in relation to each other. So very I, I liked it. That's creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this was the softball question of the bunch because... <laughs> I, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, really, I think Game of Thrones should have more of these pure horror moments uh, based on what the show is. And uh, really, I thought uh, Tormund or uh, Beric uh, were going to bite it right there. I really did. I thought they weren't being careful enough. I thought that was going to be uh, first death. All right. Uh, number four. Brand the Creeper Stark's character shift. <laughs> I love it. It's so creepy and funny. And it, every, just everyone, because like, you know, everyone has a future or they're going to die and he's just staring at you. So you're just worried about what he's thinking and what he knows about you already. Like it adds to the creepiness. I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> well, for me, it, I was neutral because he was already weird. Like I didn't, see a, <laughs> I didn't see a shift. It seemed like that's how he's been. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Well, in, in general, 
I, I sort of hate it. But in this episode, John's awkward pat hug reaction to him going full emo was pretty great. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to go with love for this episode. Uh, never go full emo, kids. Never. See, see I, lo- I love it because it was creepy and funny. But I am also kind of annoyed. Everyone that's been around him hasn't, like, really talked to him about it. Like, it's all just like, oh, whatever he has. And they're just like, okay, you're weird. And, like, they wander off. Whereas, like, he's, you know, their relative, their friend, like he is more important of a character. So he should have like a real dramatic moment, like explaining things to one of these people that he's close to, or at least used to be close to. But in the meantime, it's really funny and creepy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And finally, finally, our favorite uh, character of this show in general, love or hate, Theon Greyjoy. All right, mind you guys. I'm going to say love. He stepped up to the plate, and now he wants to redeem himself. However, that does make me think he's going to die now. I I think I I agree, because I thought one of the moments that he would die would be sacrificing himself, and I thought this would be the big thing, possibly, uh, to really make a good power play and get her back and stuff but yeah i was so disappointed with like how quick and easy it was like it was it was really rushed her response was amazing it was perfect though but outside of that like i I wanted to you know savor that journey a little bit that mission but it was super quick yeah uh for me uh i hated it uh there was no redemption no trials no facing his inner reek you know (laughs) I I mean, really, based off of that, what was the purpose of those three-ish seasons of torture if it's just going to culminate in such an inconsequential scene like like that? I guess, you know, that it's probably going to be always going to make some huge sacrifice on the battlefield. But, I mean, he has to earn that sacrifice. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Agreed. All right. So that ends the Love or Hate game show. Uh, so now we're going to go into some quick lightning round questions. Uh, Maria, kick this off. Okay. Who is going to be the first betrayer? Uh, for me, uh, I'm, I'm going with a weird one. I'm going to go with Varys. Uh, I just, I've had a feeling since the last, uh, last couple seasons, uh, that Cersei is secretly corresponding with him. Uh, as a spy. I, I just have a feeling that that's why he was uh, trailing around uh, Tyrion the whole time. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to cause some issues. Interesting. Uh, oh, you want to go, Sesh? Sure. So I think uh, the first betrayer will not be Braun. I think that's not happening. <laughs> Red herring, we're not getting that. But I think it's actually going to be John against somebody that finds out about his lineage. Maybe one of the two people that already know about it. Because I think it's going to have to happen to avoid some really horrible infighting. And it's going to be sacrificing a friend or a character maybe the audience loves uh, for the greater good. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, For me, I'm thinking it's Sansa. I think she's just not happy and is ready to listen to somebody else to mess Mm. things up. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It'd be John betraying her. Ooh. (laughs) So next question. uh, Who is the next main character to die? Oof. Oof. Well, I I will stick with my prediction that it's going to be Theon. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm I'm starting to get the feeling that Tyrion's time is actually coming to an end. I get the feeling. I get the feeling. Oh, he, that would be his character seems out of place 
in the show at the moment, and it seems like it's been out of place for a while. Hmm. And I know Game of Thrones is like, unlike a lot of other shows in terms of the mechanics of it, but usually when they start treating a character like that, it, it, it sort of means the end is coming. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I'm thinking probably Theon because they set up his martyrdom now. Martyrdom? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Biggest fans of Theon, only you. (laughs) Um, He's a possibility. I don't think it's going to come in like the next episode necessarily. I think he's going to like meet up with them after Winterfell uh, and this little arc that's happening. Um, I think it's either going to be either one of the people that were at the Kirkstart hold um, like just any of them, like they might actually have to in some way encounter the White Walkers on their way to warning Winterfell. Um, and I think that some of them might be lost along the way. Or I think, again, it might be the John having to lock somebody else who really wants him in charge and who um, who might somehow find out about the truth. I think it could even be someone like uh, our little bear queen. I, it could be someone our audience loves. So I think it's on, either going to be from that being an issue or the other guys running into the zombies. Don't touch Liana, John. I will fight you myself. Talk to John, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't make these choices. <laughs> okay, so next question. Who do you think is going to wind up on the throne after this episode? So, more immediately, um, I actually think Euron will. Uh, uh, I think Cersei has lost pretty much all power at this point. Um, uh, I know she still has the throne, and that's a lot, but her allies are are dwindling. Um, In the end, though, I'm still going to go with nobody. Um, I I think that the wheel uh, is going to finally break uh, as humanity will be victorious, but just barely. Um, and I think uh, royalty is going to give way to a more democratic type society. Yeah, I still think the Night King's going to win that continent, and we will not have the Iron Throne anymore. And if we do have royalty, I think it will be John, not by his own choice. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually the Night King at this point, only because nobody's fighting them right now. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, so now we're moving on to fact or fiction game show. I'm going to uh, rattle off a few potential facts, and let's see if you guys think they are fact or fiction. So the first one, the character who plays Ramsay was runner-up to play Jon Snow. I'm going to say true. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with fiction. Uh, there would be some change. I, I I don't know who he'd be runner up for, but I I say fiction. That is the truth. Woo! Dang. <laughs> All right. Next, George R R Martin has made an appearance on one of the episodes. Uh, I'm gonna say not yet, but maybe soon. <laughs> I'll I'll say fact. Uh, I I guess as an extra. So, uh, he was in an episode, but not one that aired. Oh. He was in the pilot. Okay. What? Yep. All right, next one. Dothraki is a real language. I'll, I'll say it's probably as real as Klingon or uh, Tolkien's Elvish. So 
That's exactly what I said. <laughs> with fact. I'm gonna go with fact. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, well, I said like not real in in real life, but real like Klingon or Elvishes. That is a fact. Hmm. So our next Dothraki is spoken in a small section of Cameroon. And yeah. again, by by the nerds, yes, just like uh, super fans or Trekkies would speak Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> out out in Cameroon. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with definitely fiction. No, no way. No way. It's fiction. Definitely. What? <laughs> I think we are each 100 for 100. Me wrong and you write about this. You cheated. <laughs> All right. Now, final one. The actor who plays Tormund Giantsbane saved the fellow cast and crew members' balls on the set. I want to change my answer right now so bad, but no, I'm, I'm going to stick it through and just, I'm going to say true, but I don't know how. I I personally worry for the soul of whoever made this up if it is in fact. <laughs> so um, I don't even know how one would come up with this. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say it has to be fact. It is fact. Uh, basically, the area that they were shooting in was extremely cold, and he was from that area and knew that you have to wear a special kind of underwear hmm. to uh, not freeze down there. Well. Uh, he made sure everybody had it. He, he brought the ball mittens. Very exactly. good. <laughs> he would. He's a good guy. So that is the end of, of that of that uh, factor fiction. <laughs> you want to take the next question? Uh, sure, sure. So now we're going to head into our show, into the final legs of our show, uh, where we start talking about the teaser for episode two. So first question. What is going to happen to Jamie? Oh boy. Okay, so first, I think he's going to reconnect with Brian. I think she'll even speak up for him in some way, um, you know, uh, uh, on the court, on something, just, you know, put in a good word for him. Um, I I think uh, Bran will forgive him, slash definitely not care about something as small as and personal is his attempted murder. <laughs> um, I think uh, there's going to be an opportunity for Jamie to possibly forgive Tyrion. I, I'm 50-50 I'm on if he will or if he won't, and there'll be a little animosity still. Um, and I'm kind of worried about everyone that would want him dead is more powerful than those people he might be, be on good terms with now, um, Danny. Uh, uh, playing into one of my other old theories, Arya, possibly, uh, just to hurt Cersei, but you never know uh, with that. So I, I think he'll live for a little bit, possibly. Um, I also think he's going to live for a while. I think Bran's going to have a little talk with him, let him know he knows everything, say he's a jerk, but that he's needed for a higher purpose. Yes. And he will just be there and everybody will love to hate him, but he'll manage through. Yeah, I, I think it's going to even go a bit further. Uh, I, I think he's actually going to be found guilty of tossing Bran out the uh, window and even confess as to why he uh, did it. I oh. think uh, everyone there will want his head, uh, but Bran will say that he plays a pivotal role in the war to come and needs to live so he can fight. Uh, so my guess is that Jamie actually is the one who winds up killing the Night King as his final act. Um 
his name is Kingslayer. Uh-huh. And maybe that has further reaching, um, uh, 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 third, further reaching depths than we currently uh, see with him just killing, uh, killing Aegon. I feel that. Yeah, I really like that. That's I like that a lot. All right. Uh, and then final question for the teaser. How is Jon Snow? Oh, <clears throat> Aegon Targaryen, the 19th, <laughs> 6th, I know. Sorry, guys. Uh, going to deal with the news that he's the rightful king. I think he is going to be visited by Ned's ghost which will help him kind of feel okay with this sense of of power um but he'll he's not going to want to tell anybody until the fight is over i don't think he's going to stop dating danny mm. i just don't think it's going to happen mainly because i think he just doesn't want her to be mad at him oh yeah yeah it's it's hard when the woman who owns <laughs> you is mad at you i, I understand i understand he learned uh, that secret yeah <laughs> I, I think I, I agree with you there that he's not going to like just, you know, call off their little fling or anything, but I think it's definitely going to put a very, um, like an unsaid wedge between them, even if he ignores all like the incest part of it, which he might, he might not. I really don't know with the show what way it's going to go with that. But if he, even if he ignores it, it's going to put a very big wedge between them. Like I think Sam planted that actually kind of well where he's just like would she give up her crown to save all these people like you did yours which it's not really a fair comparable but yeah like that that might be a wedge and i think really he's gonna not want anyone to know about this so i think it's gonna be something where he's gonna have a very very serious talk with sam and bran and i think it's very possible that they are both going to be isolated and imprisoned um, just because of how important that secret is to keeping and keeping it from getting it out. So there's no infighting while everyone's trying to work together to fight the dead. Like, it's just, it'd be too much. Like, it would actually destroy everything, all the alliances. Like, if they start having that kind of infighting that he is super truly the right king, not only beyond, like, how much he's earned it with so many people, but just, like, un- unquestionably the, the rightful king, even by her logic. So, so I, I think actually he's gonna handle this very poorly, uh, probably like like a moron, really. <laughs> um, now I agree with you that he's not gonna push it in terms of him wanting to be king because he doesn't care about the power, he doesn't care about the control, he just cares about you know everybody working as a unit. But instead, uh, he's probably just going to bring it up like, <laughs> like I found out I'm the true king, but it doesn't matter. You know, and that's not going to work at all. So (laughs) he should stay stay quiet, you know, maybe bring it up after the fight, uh, you know, when based off of their preparedness, uh, you know, three people survive. Mm -hmm. But uh, instead, I think he's going to ask like anyone and everyone like like if it's true and like, what does it mean? And like, please tell me I'm Jon Snow. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to cause dissension in the ranks right before the big fight. But then my guess is while everybody's at each other's throats and wanting to break up and kill each other, that's when you have the uh, army of the dead approaching and people are like, man, it's go time. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him messing it up and 
funny enough. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't see them, like, I see, like, there being a wedge between him and Danny, but I think he really does support her, and I think she will believe that and hopefully not feel challenged by him. But I honestly think that people are going to be the problem. Like, there's going to be an uproar from it, and he's going to, you know, try to logic with them like he does with his stupid non-logical logic. Um, and it just won't work, like like you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. If if, if Danny lets Liana Mormont get within like five feet of her, Liana's gonna like rip her head off immediately oh, no. and like eat it, and she'll be like, "John's king of the north." <laughs> All right. That's the so show. there we go. That's the show. Um, tell us in the comments what you think about our new format. We're trying to be quick and concise, get you the information that you guys want while also having some fun, you know, going ahead and discussing this. If you want more, if you want longer, let us know. If you're like, man, this is long enough already, uh, share, <laughs> like, and subscribe. Um, other than that, uh, thank you all. Uh, please play along at home. Uh, we'd love to read your comments and answers to our questions, and uh, we'll go back and forth there with you. And uh, until next time, all you Spry viewers out there, for Season 8, Episode 2, next Sunday. <laughs>